to the Metapod Podcast, the Pokemon podcast that revolves around the evolving meta, revolving around Baltimore, revolving around Singapore, and revolving around... Um, We've talked about this on the podcast before. Bilbao? No. No. I think it's Bilbao, Bilbao but I, I don't know. Bilbao. It's definitely not uh, Bilbao. It's a European place <laughs> that had a event, a regional, regional, right? Uh-huh. I believe. Yeah, it had a regional. Um, no, oh, it had a special, special event. event. It was yeah. a special event. Special event. Big time stuff. A lot of big time results. We're going to be talking about the final mm-hmm. event of the uh, uh, not Lost Origin, Astral Radiance format before we move into Lost Origin. And then we're going to take a peek into a little bit of the uh, Lost Origin decks that were showcased, along with some things that Pokemon may need to think about in the very, very near future. But Sean, before mm. we get into anywhere, how's your day today? Day was lovely, Jake. Day was lovely. Your day I, was lovely. I ordered, I don't know if I mentioned it on the podcast last week. I don't think I did. I ordered some cards to build a deck. Pokemon deck? Yeah. Yeah. Whoa. I ordered um, a few amazing Reshirams and a Radiant Charizard. Because I think come Lost Origin, man, Mirage Gate, Amazing Reshiram, right? Radiant, that, that deck. I'm like, oh, a, think... one, a single prize deck that can do 270 reliably? Yeah, sign mm-hmm. me up. I, I'm down. I think the uh, um, I think the cool thing about like uh, the Mirage Gate and stuff, I think, you know, because we've seen some people play in lost origin stuff on like streams and stuff. And I think the amazing rare decks are really, really cool. Yeah. Cause the hardest part about them was getting those energy requirements of like, you know, three different types of colored energies. And so with Mirage gate, that makes it really, really easy to accelerate those. If you've got the cards in the lost zone. So yep. I think it's really, really sweet. Yeah. I think that could be really good. I also, I don't know. I feel like it's worth, people trying out uh the evil tall amazing rare mm-hmm. i think the one that, that one's the one that just says like your, your opponent's, opponent's pokemon is knocked out yep just dead yeah get and out of here i think Skedaddle. it costs like five energy it was like three different colors and then two colorless and mm-hmm. like we have double turbo and twin energy in the format so like there you go we have i don't know if one of them is fire though it may not i can't remember if it was fire so i don't know if magma basin would work but uh that's always the it's, question mark. Yeah, you look it I mean, up real I'm quick? pretty sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the Evatol. I think it was darkness. Fire. I think it might have been darkness. Maybe lightning fire. I don't know though. It could Oops, be. It's called a magma basin. But but yeah. Sean, mag- anyways. But yeah. yeah that's what that I'm gonna is, build. That is neither here nor there. It is a bench fire Pokemon though, so it's not uh, gonna work anyways. Okay. Sad. <laughs> and we'll talk about what Magma Basin does work with later in this podcast. But first, we need to talk about the upcoming events that you know we're gonna be talking about today and that people played in. Um, we got to talk about the qualification standards. You know how many points you need. To well, go to worlds first, Jake, we need a five star. Do we I, have one? Okay, do we have? We do. I, I caught we you do. Out. And I, yeah. I, uh, so Sean, seeing mm-hmm. me mess around on my phone, mm-hmm. realized what I was doing. But I started going into it, and I didn't back down. We got a five star <laughs> review to talk about today, and we're going to talk about a short and sweet one from Dancing Weasel Twenty Two. I like the name. Five stars. Amazing is the title. This is one of the best Pokemon TCG podcasts around. Boom. Done. Squared away. Easy peasy lemon squeezy. 
I love it. I love it. Thank you, Dancing Weasel. Thank you, thank you. And let us know how we're doing as well in the reviews and whatnot. But um, anyways, mm -hmm. going back to the uh, 2023 World Championship qualifications, you can qualify for Worlds and you can officially know how many points you need to qualify, what age division you're in, what uh, region you're in as well. Because Pokemon released that information, I believe it was like middle of last week or something. Yep. Probably like right after we release the podcast, as they usually do. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and so again, Pokemon World Championships in 2023 are in Yokohama, Japan. A lot of people are excited about that because, you know, Japan, that's where the house of Pokemon is. You know, that's where it all is, uh, per se, and where it all started. And so a lot of people really, really excited about that, um, especially the first time the championships are going to be in Japan. And in, if you're in the U.S. and Canada, which I believe is the majority of our audiences, Sean, can you read me what it's going to take for me to qualify as a competitor for the world championships? Uh, I think it's the same as it's always been. Uh, it, it is. is uh, at least last year. Yeah, it's uh, 350 CP championship points if you're a junior, 400 if you're a senior, and 500 points if you are a Masters player, which means you are, I think, 17 or older, basically. Maybe maybe 18. Mm -hmm. but. I think it's... It might, it might uh, be 17. I think it might be 16. Oh, okay. Is it 16? It might, I, anyways, you'll know if you're a Masters, senior, or junior, based on your birthday. You can look Ask that up. Ask your local judge. <laughs> um, and then the, the qualifiers go down basically a certain amount. Uh, I think it's basically 150 to 100 points down for Europe and then Latin America, it's just a flat 250 across the board, regardless of your, uh, you know, level. And then the other region, which I don't think they ever had this region before, Jake, Middle East and South Africa is a separate region now. I don't. Um, I'm not 100% sure on that, to be honest. Okay. Um, I've always remembered there being four regions, but I didn't know. I don't really yeah. believe that there are events in those regions. Mm -hmm. um but that's also why you know juniors 150 points seniors 150 masters 250 you know the threshold is so low yeah um compared to other places because they're i don't think there's an event over there like a regional or an spe or no. something like that um and there's probably way less locals you know in terms of cups and challenges if those eventually come back yep because um, uh, we talked about in a previous podcast how at least in the first half of the season they weren't going to be around, um, but possibly in 2023. So, yeah. Sean, how do you feel about these? I look. I this is the simplest thing for Pokemon to do is just say we're not going to change the qualification thresholds. Just keep them the same and, and move on, right? I know a lot of people, and I, myself included, like were a little bit upset that there was not some consolation made for the fact that there are no cups or challenges until 2023 so the first half of the season basically the only way to earn points are through regionals and as anybody that regionals, plays spes yes, ic's ICs like big, events. big major events you exactly. know that are streamed on the pokemon channel yes and so the problem with that is obviously those are very expensive to go to um and the the points that you get if you do really well at these events, which is usually top 128, um, does a, you know gets a, a decent chunk of points, uh, mm -hmm. and by that it's usually like 40 points. So you can if you get top 128 or so, I think you can get the same number of points or near it 
like you know less 10 of winning a league cup which is big right yeah but that's the only things that you're going to get points for for the entire half of the season and they're very expensive to go to so this does start to feel like it gets into the territory of basically like the more money you have the more likely you are to qualify now that's always been the case like let's be frank like because it takes money to go to events to buy decks whatever um Mm. But I, I do wish they would have made some acknowledgement, like even if it's a, a hundred points. I don't think it needs to be a ton of point difference, right? But some amount of points would be kind. I will say that I have no problems with this whatsoever. I'll just be flat out honest. Uh, so for anyone who doesn't know, I was in swimming and diving. You know, I competed as a college student athlete or whatever you know the time is the time you know in your race for big meets like the state championships the regional championships as you can call them the national championships the olympic trials to qualify for those meets you had to have a certain time in the event that you're trying to compete in and pretty much every year most of the times in all the events all 20 some events that you can swim pretty much every year those times get faster right Mm -hmm. to qualify because people are naturally getting faster people are naturally getting better and so they i mean you kind of have to if you don't go up you're gonna have too many people and i don't know the amount of people at worlds right i don't know if you know the amount of people at worlds was the most in x amount of time or whatever but i would venture to say that pokemon with the knowledge they have right they keep track of probably all the points that everybody gets whether you know you're sean and i that don't have enough points to qualify for worlds or if you're azul gg you know azul garcia griego who probably has way more points than he needs to qualify for worlds or something like that so i have no problem with it you know the the best players in the world will qualify for worlds yeah i mean so it sucks that there's it sucks that there's no locals right i wish that the first half of the year that there were locals but i think what pokemon is doing is they're doing that same concept as i saw in swimming where they're just making the standards a little bit higher to ensure that you know there's not too many people at events or something and you can make the argument of like jake why would you gatekeep people there i mean it's it's already someone who runs, it's worlds. Yeah, like it, it's world championships. Like yeah. it is. And truthfully, I think Azul was saying this, you know, in like a stream or something in, in tweets. Like if it's good to have goals and it's good to have your goal be to qualify for the world championships. That's an exciting thing, right? That's a great thing, a goal to achieve and to strive for. But there are tons of people that qualify for worlds, you know, like if like the people who want to win worlds because you should always want to win worlds right but like i don't want to demoralize it but like i don't know like in in swimming and diving when i saw the national cut right for an event get farther away i wasn't like darn usa swimming for gatekeeping me i was like no i just got to get better right like i i got to get faster to try to qualify and it's not like it's impossible um it's it's a little bit harder but i don't know I can understand people's outrage, but like as someone who's been in a timed based, like gate kept system of 
qualifying for events like this is this is the norm <laughs> yeah i mean uh, look that makes sense right because your your mm -hmm. speculation is that there are more players seeking a world's invite this year than ever before and i, I would think say that out of the people that were like going through into the worlds like because there's there's bunches of players but probably the percentage of people that are going to events and stuff there's probably a higher percentage of people that are going to events that are qualifying for worlds you know that doesn't mean attending that doesn't mean yeah um uh, but what i was gonna say is like you know I think necessarily more like a like 500 versus 600 but like um just a higher percentage of people yeah uh, but i mean overall i think you're the point that you're making is like if there are more people that might qualify in order mm -hmm. to keep worlds at a reasonable number and not make it something that anybody can achieve or that too many yeah. people achieve, <clears throat> you need to raise the threshold, raise the bar, right? Yeah. And I think there's some evidence that that might be the case because this regional, uh, the one in Baltimore, which we'll talk about in a second, technically was the largest ever um, North American regional in modern history like modern yeah. of the game. Um, now, the international championship was bigger, NAIC, but not by many people. So, but that, yeah, and I mean, that's an international championship. You know, it's exactly. bigger, there's more points on the line, like there's yeah. more bigger prizes, money, things like that. So, and like, and that's all to say. And these are also, um, these events are also reaching capacity, meaning that if they could open it up to more people, more people would have likely attended. So, there is yeah, definitely I mean, we make the jokes we make the jokes on twitter is like did you did you sign up for the regional or yeah. did you blink right yeah. you know like so i do think there is something to that we'll see once locals come back i think this will be an interesting year to see do regional capacities settle down in terms of like how quickly they sell out once people have other options to gain points mm -hmm. and like but you know i i think that the, your theory there is is might very well be spot on of like, while it's frustrating that it will just be more expensive and more difficult to get 500 points this year than ever before, it may be a necessary situation to keep world something that is an aspirational goal. Yeah, I mean, it's, in my opinion, it's a natural progression of a system similar, mm -hmm. a, a system like this. But Jake, are you ready to talk about the largest regional in modern history. I am ready to talk about the Baltimore Regionals. 1,091 players in the Sword and Shield Ooh. to Astral Radiance format. The the hoorah to Astral Radiance so was this people. past weekend. And you know what? The future is bright in the uh, in the Pokemon trading card game. You may have seen us tweet about that the on future, the Metapod. Jake, the future is radiant. Ah, ah. The future is Radiant indeed, because Radiant Charizard was the winning deck. Inteleon and Radiant Charizard, piloted by Piper Lapine. Congratulations to Piper. It was a very, very crazy, exciting run. I know Piper has been on this deck and playing this deck for a while now. And Ethan was on the Lake of Rage podcast last week, hyping up this deck and you know what i mean we, i was making fun of mellow for going like oh three drop at locals <laughs> with this deck and stuff and you know all credit to all credit to everybody who believed in the deck you know it's 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 crazy how cool yeah. it was to to watch and 
If you haven't seen this deck, this is with the Intellion Shady Dealings engine, or Intellion, I think is the correct pronunciation I realized uh, this weekend. With Radiant Charizard. Radiant Charizard, if you do not know, is a new basic Pokemon from the Pokemon Go set. Has the ability Excited Heart. Uh, the attack on Radiant Charizard costs one colorless less for each prize card your opponent has taken. The attack is one fire, four colorless energies for 250 damage. Uh, during your next turn, this Pokemon can't use combustion blast which is pretty fine because your charizard's gonna get knocked out every single turn and attacks more <laughs> than likely anyways and so when you have right when you have things like raihan mm -hmm. magma basin twin energy you can realistically get four energies on that pokemon in a single turn especially with the twin energies to do the 250 damage so that means your opponent only needs to take one prize before you can start dealing the deafening blow yep. of charizard and some great setup options sean the mysterious tail mew love this mew think yep. you like this mew as well from celebrations using that as your engine of draw or to get things going for your items whether that is the uh, level balls for Drizzle, whether that is the evolution incense to find, you know, Drizzles and Tellian, things like that. Um, any of those items that you see on the screen in the list. Cross switchers as well. This is playing four cross switchers. So very, very good. This deck also playing four Irida. Yep. Sean. Yeah, because you can go get an item card, right? And then you can also go get one of your Intellian engine pieces. To go get a second or item. Or Manaphy. Card. Or Manaphy, <laughs> if you need, right? Like, because, you know. Manaphy is a water Pokemon. It is. And it's very important because, like, if you happen to run up against a, a Jolteon deck, you know, any kind of nasty spread deck. Or, like, a Reggie deck, you yeah. know, Reggie with the spread. Any Radiant Greninja, right, with the Moonlight Shirt can attack to do 90 to two Pokemon anywhere. Yes, indeed. Yeah. So, like, this is a. You know, Manaphy very important in certain matchups because you've got you're gonna have lots of little guys on the bench, and the whole point of this deck is to make the prize math awkward for your opponent, right? Like you're gonna be taking a couple of prizes at a time, and they're grinding out one at a time. So mm -hmm. you've also I got one Vizagoon. Yes, to help fix the math because there's a couple situations where you know you may need one more damage counter, right? Um, for instance, I saw Piper use very often Aqua Bullet. Piper expressed that, you know, they use Aqua Bullet a lot mm. in in the tournament throughout all the rounds. What was it, like 17, 18 rounds played in total, I yeah. think, is it? It's like 18 or 19. Um, and so doing Aqua Bullet, doing a 120 to... 20 on the bench, right? That little 20 on the bench. If you have a Palkia V-Star that you're attacking, right? 280 hit points on that. Combustion Blast without a choice belt will only get you to 270 total. So that little zigzagoon can help you with the extra ping to help knock you out. Also, if you're facing Reggie's, because Reggie's is a cheap and popular deck in the Pokemon trading card game. A lot of those suckers have 130. Aqua Bullet can help get you there to start taking one hit KOs on the active. Yeah. And I mean, the nice thing about that is like, you've also got, 
in terms of like recycling the Intellions, you've got the Ordinary Rod, you've got Clara, you know, also Clara and Ordinary Rod, good for getting back your Radiant Charizard. Um, so you can, you really have the resources here to take your time, do setup damage if you need, because yeah, that was, did you watch the final round? I did watch the finals. Same. Yes. I was able to tune in, you know, just finished up work on Sunday and tuned in literally right before they started the finals. Yeah. It was, it was amazing. A, how, how fast Piper was able to pilot this deck in that matchup. Mm -hmm. And also it was actually good to see it against a VMAX deck because, the math on Radiant Charizard, you know, most V stars are going to, you know, cap out at 280 HP. So really without all any modifiers or exactly. anything like that. So all you really need is Radiant Charizard and a choice belt and you're basically good to go. Um, but against those V max decks, like like we were saying, the math doesn't really work quite as well. And it was good to see it against Mu V max to be like, ah, OK, so the, the plan with Mu V max is to get set up and then get a couple of pings in with Inteleon on those three prizers. And then once you've kind of set up the damage, then then you're on easy street. Just two Charizard attacks for the game. Mm-hmm. So. It was very, very cool. And to be honest, like, if you... Especially because this deck takes a lot of combos. This deck takes a lot of moves and has a lot of pieces that you have to account for. If you are someone that wants to learn, you know, a... Combo-y deck, complex deck, proper sequencing. Rewatch that finals series with Piper. Absolute masterclass in terms of how to play the deck, how to play a complex deck with a lot of decisions to be made every single turn, and how to properly sequence those situations and those moves as well to get you a 2-0 result yeah. in the uh in the world championships against a tough deck that we'll talk about here in a second. Yeah, I mean, overall, though, good deck, very cool. Uh, and keep your eye out for Radiant Charizard because I, I think that you're going to see more of it in Lost Origin mm -hmm. format. Um, you might see more Mew in Lost Origin format, too, right? Because, like, yeah. a lot of Lost Origin decks, they're going to be playing that Mirage Gate. And, you know, that's, like, the key to that engine. So... A couple of cards there that you might want to keep an eye on picking up uh, as alternative, kind of like the Muse, like a fun alternative option to the Inteleon engine. Um, I think my favorite part in this list, though, Sean, is mm -hmm. the one of rare candy. <laughs> yeah. Especially comboed with four Irida, mm -hmm. some mysterious tail Mew. You can very consistently get a turn two Inteleon and be able to aqua bullet, which is really, really good in my opinion, especially how Piper was setting up math, especially in that last um, series, you know, could have had bunches. I think it was prized one of the games, <laughs> but um, just does wonders with helping you out in terms of uh, getting there. So yeah. very, very cool again to see this list, especially with Irida um in the forefront i would say but sean let's talk about what piper faced in the finals it is the old faithful a lot of people wrote this deck off after you know the world championships but the london open had a style of mew that everybody got into right away the london open featuring pokey stop Yep. In the Mew VMAX decks, discarding Meloetta 
taking away that big, big turbo engine, you know, only going with two trekking shoes in this list specifically. But using Pokestop, Sean, do you remember what Pokestop does? I mean, I saw it enough uh, in the regional. Uh, Did yeah. you see the meme that we posted? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's basically Pokestop is uh, you look at the top three cards of your deck, you keep any item cards, and the rest go to your discard. Mm-hmm. So. so it can really help you out, especially, you know, early in the game when you're looking for some battle VIP passes, power tablets, cross switchers, ultra ball, cramomatics right especially if you have a cramomatic in your hand already but you need an item card to discard to be able to use the cramomatic so yeah. this list you know featuring the 4-3 line of mu v max for genesect obviously or choreo as well to help the math on mu v max make it harder to ko and this one has an assortment of supporters sean i feel like usually we see a high volume of like bosses orders yeah. in this list and i would say we still do in this list well truthfully i mean you've got four cross whispers and two boss so. exactly that's <laughs> why you go. got a high volume of bosses <laughs> orders but opting a lot of new lists i saw this weekend some people had three some people had four um isaac in this list the person who piloted this list being isaac Malaski. Mm -hmm. so shout outs to isaac both isaac and piper like 90% sure are like new masters players mm -hmm. in terms of like within the last like two years or so. I'm pretty sure they're both under the age of 20. Yeah. You know, both very, young. very young into the game, which is why I said the future was bright, but I'm um, playing two Avery's in this list. Avery being pretty much a staple now in Mew decks, especially yeah. this variant of it in the astral radiance meta. But as Sean said, for cross switcher, for battle VIP pass, quick ball, ultra ball, cramo, Maddox, you really just need those, right? Those are especially the 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 balls and the cramomatics. Yeah, absolute staples. Yeah, I mean, I think honestly, the pokey stops were what made the biggest change to the deck list because, like, mm -hmm. and, and yeah, seeing the Oricorio over Meloetta, right? As like the, you know, like they basically are saying, I don't think I'm gonna donk anybody. I'm not going to bother with the mellow out of play. It's fine. You know, we don't need to try this. Um, playing a little bit slower of a game. I do wonder, like, I guess there wasn't that many. There must not have been too many players playing the Duraludon match relative to Mew. Because mm -hmm. I don't know how you get around Duraludon. I don't really think you do besides echoing horn, which there is an echoing horn in this list. So yeah. you get a Duraludon onto the bench and gust it up with cross switchers or boss. You Silene um, for another or, one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you could, to be honest, yeah. and you've got Palpat in the list as well. Yeah. So you can effectively use Silene twice if the game comes to that or well, three times yeah, well, total. Yeah, well, I guess I you can use Silene times. <laughs> yeah, you can use Silene twice, and thus you can get Echoing Horn up to three times. But like, oh yes, whew. that's what I meant. I'm sorry. Terrifying. That's terrifying odds, though. But I mean, I guess yes. that is the way around it, right? And I mean, like Arceus Duraludon, there is Arceus in the list. So effectively, mm -hmm. you know, you take a knockout on the Arceus. Maybe yeah. you snipe a Duraludon. V yep. as well. Maybe hit a Duraludon V before it turns into a VMAX first and then get the Arceus, right? Because a lot of those mm -hmm. um, Arceus Duraludons don't play stuff like Sharon's Care. So the Arceus stays on the field. And then you just Echoing Horn, one of those Vs, knock it out, game over. Yeah. But uh, Jake, I think Mew VMAX, personally, I think it's pretty solved. Um, 
I think it was cool to see this new version with yes. the pokey stops in my opinion. I I agree. I agree. Um in terms of the other decks that did well, there is a list for Ice Rider, uh, Calyrex, and or, Palkia that we don't have the list mm -hmm. for. So, like, we won't talk about that. But we can talk about two other decks uh, if you want. There's the Reggie deck that got third place. Jake. I will say there are three things that you can be sure of in life. Death, taxes, and Drew Kennett in the top eight of a regional <laughs> IC whatever. I can't take credit for that joke. I saw it on Twitter, thought it was too good of a joke um, to that I couldn't pass up on. Anyways, the Reggie deck making third place overall in the Baltimore Regional Championships. It's kind of a little bit crazy having a pokey stop as well in it. Three of them to be exact, along with two paths to the peak. So really trying to win the stadium war yeah. in this uh, matchup. I don't know if Drew expected so much like pokey stop Mew, yeah. right? But I think in the Mew matchup, you may value path to the peak a little bit more when you can. Um, but anyways, this list playing a wide variety of Reggie's two Gigas, as always, three Alekis, two of the Terra Spark one of the targeted bolts and then three reggie dragos as well two of the dragon sword right the one that draws you extra cards with its ability and then one of the dragon energy reggie drago to get that 240 270 with that choice belt you've got two of the regis two of the reggie rock but one sean of the reggie steel uh -huh. which is kind of interesting reggie steel kind of one that you least use as an attacker and i think that's the main reason why there's only one in the list because yes you could there was in that top eight the ice rider calyrex right but that is not a very popular thing no that i would say is probably in terms of the ways to play origin form palkia decks that is the least popular way to play origin form palkia intellian decks so um, I think you're okay with getting rid of the Heavy Slam Registeel, the second one, and instead inserting something like an extra Pokestop or an extra Regilecki, Regidrago, things like that. Because mm. with Regice and Blizzard Bind, you know, there may be opponents that only have Pokemon V, a.k.a. like, well, not Mew VMAX, uh, like, uh, like an uh, Arceus Duraludon, right? They uh, can't really get through Blizzard Bind because they're all Pokemon Vs in that deck. And then any Arceus deck or even Flying Pikachu, VMAX, Regirock coming in with that Giga Impact Slam to just absolutely wipe the table. So, yeah, you've got answers for a lot of different things. You know, Gigaton Break on Regigigas can knock out with the Choice Belt Mew VMAX, even if it has a... Uh, even if it has an Oracorio in play, mm -hmm. so a strong attacker, if you can get all those twin energies in the discard pile. Um, but very, very cool. Again, wild list. I remember it was so wild in the top four match. The first game against Piper, um, I saw a replay of this. There were just too, like, there were too many things in the prizes. There was, I think, a Regice, the Registeel, but also the Hisuian Heavy Ball mm. in his first six prizes. And so when he looked through the deck 
and he realized, oh, my Reggie steals in there. Oh, my Hisuian heavy ball is in there. <laughs> so you can't even go get it, it said, out. Yeah, it can't even get it out. So you literally can't attack unless you manually power up your Pokemon every single turn, which you're not going to win a game doing that. So he literally, before they even played a single, like, full attack, uh -huh. scooped the game and moved on to the next one. You know, Oof. knowing his time, right? Yeah. Very good uh, I mean, knowledge two, of... two single-prize decks, right? It's going to take you forever. Yeah. And so you got to just uh, scoop it up and advance and hope you win the next two, right? Not have such unfortunate prizings, but... Yeah. Very awesome to see a Reggie deck, in my opinion. I love seeing budget decks like this just do well. It yeah. makes me really excited. No, it's very cool. I mean, <clears throat> yeah. I think the only other deck that i personally want to talk about and i know jake you also wish they'd put this on stream jake and i both before this pod started we're like wait which more peco is this this is mill tank more peco so i want to talk i got beef with whoever was choosing the tables at uh baltimore regionals because they never put at least when i got to watch you know <laughs> I, I i couldn't watch all the rounds but i'm pretty sure some people had this testament that this milk tank more peco deck never made the stream table and to be fair i think it is a control deck mm -hmm. um so control stall type deck so i can understand why it never made the stream table but it is a very unique deck i can tell you right now i never thought milk tank more peco would be in the top eight of a regional especially one of the largest regional the largest regional in the modern era of the pokemon tcg north american history but sean we keep saying more peco but i'm pretty sure people probably don't know what the more peco is there's probably a couple more pecos that they can think of sean what more peco are we talking about uh, this is probably the least the more peco that you least suspected it is a because <laughs> uh, i okay I told Jake, wait, is it more Peko V, the one that has, like, the thing where you attach, you discard an energy? We're literally looking at the yeah. list, and Sean's like, is it more Peko V? And I'm like, no, Sean. I wasn't looking at the list. You not were. there. Anyways, this more Peko, it's got one attack that really matters. That's the only one. The attack that matters is actually the first attack for one colorless energy, which is stupid that that attack does anything useful. It's 20 damage and you choose one of your opponent's active Pokemon's attacks, and during your opponent's next turn, that Pokemon can't use that attack. So I would say there have been many formats where this attack is trash, right? Because you would have a lot of people playing switches, escape ropes, Pokemon that have no retreat cost, um, cross switcher. I mean, we, we do have decks that play cross switchers, right? But you also, in the past, had cards like Guzma. You had, you know, escape boards and more air balloons and all of these cards where you were constantly switching in and out of the active and it was no problem. But when Jake and I actually thought about this, we were like, huh, you know, most decks don't have Pokemon that have no retreat cost. Not zero retreat cost, no retreat cost. And most decks are playing a very minimal count of switching cards, whether that's tools, escape ropes, uh, switches, whatever. So, like, this strategy is actually kind of genius. How does this strategy work, 
Jake? So there's a couple ways to do it. Um, you have a lot of different options in here. One, you have the milk tank. If you do, and I know I'm saying it wrong, just go with it. Just go with it. I've been saying this name for 20 years now at this point. With Milk Tang, it's got that ability, Miracle Body, where all damage done to the Pokemon by attacks from a Pokemon or a opponent's Pokemon V, say that five times fast, mm -hmm. are prevented. So it's basically a wall for most decks in the format. And so you've got that. You've got more Peko, which we talked about with Torment. A lot of V-Star Pokemon, um, the V-Max Pokemon, only have one attack. Yeah. that they use you know flying pikachu v max i believe also has only one attack Arceus, that it one attack. would use yeah Arceus, one attack palkia one attack you know duraludon one attack you know and even for cards like charizard right radiant charizard we talked about earlier so i got one attack yep. um i don't know if the inteleon off the top of my head has more one than attack. one attack but it's only got one attack worth using it's only got um, one attack because the rest of the card text is the ability <laughs> oh yeah that's right so <laughs> yeah. yeah one attack and so you've got all these attackers like that and you know we do have boss we do have goose or we don't have goose we have skate bro we do have cross switcher and you have scoop up in the format for some of yeah. those single prize decks but but utilizing a scoop up deck or a scoop up net may not in the long run be advantageous to you but also with those different switch cards you know they could be bringing up a milk tank and mm -hmm. so they can't attack that anyways unless they do a cross switcher boss play which is using a lot of resources for one prize card you also have other options like yvatol i don't think i say that pokemon's name right but i think we know what we're talking about yeah. i think we know what pokemon we're talking about the yvatol from celebrations we talked about this card a bunch before but uh, it ha it's been a while the celebrations cry of destruction for two colorless energies discard up to three special energies from both or from your opponent's Pokemon. Now, this is anywhere on the field, so any double turbos you see on the field, any twin energies you see on the field, any fusion energies you see on the field, any of those, take those away. Three of them, yeah. up to three of them. And with the ditto, right from the Pokemon Go set that is in here, love this card. It can use the attacks of any basic Pokemon in your discard pile, except for Pokemon with a rule box, which newsflash, every <laughs> single Pokemon in this deck does not have a rule box. So yeah, it can copy any of the Pokemon's attacks in here, especially, you know, if you're having a little bit of trouble getting, you know, the more Peko back in the field, the mill tank back into the field. Cause actually, now that I look at this list, there are no Pokemon recovery cards no in here i mean there are no ordinary rods or claras or anything like that so no. if you lose your one reggie lecky that used the electromagnetic sonar to put a trainer card from your discard pile into your hand if you lose that early you can use ditto to uh to use that attack if you so choose yeah uh and you know the other thing about this deck you know you've got a, a range of different energies that are all special energies super useful uh but the main other card I think that makes this deck work is Galar Mine. So mm -hmm. you have Path to the Peak to turn off abilities, which is useful against maybe the Arceus decks or Palkia decks, whatever it might be, right? But, uh, or against Mew. But you have Galar Mine, which gives all of your opponents, all, po all active Pokemon, two more colorless to their retreat cost. So 
it even makes Mew a two retreat cost deck, which is huge for that deck. Because Mew doesn't use escape or they don't use air balloons. No. Right? I mean, the list that we looked at for Mew earlier today, one switch card. Yep. That's it. One switch. Does play cross switchers, but one switch. And you know what? You can't use cross switcher if there's only one Pokemon on the field on your opponent's side. So yep. I think Piper, somebody did this to Isaac. I can't remember if it was Piper or not, or if it, this was just another Mew matchup sometime in the round but i remember they had like three cross switchers in their hand but there was only one pokemon on the opposing side of the field mm -hmm. so that clogged up their hand couldn't use fusion strike oh, system i think i don't know if this is i do remember that against the um what is it the stone journer deck yes it was that's Mew, what it was yeah it was a mu v max player against stone journer which also absolutely wild deck that player he had to have a judge ball which is basically a mulligan where the uh, you know you've mulliganed so many times that a judge comes over and just flips the top of your deck until they hit a basic and then calls it and then shut and then gives you six cards after they shuffle and says okay now start <laughs> which mm -hmm. wild ruling it's a, there is a video on twitter so i highly suggest looking <laughs> at it because it's awesome yeah very very cool but uh yeah uh i know i'm also checking the time jake and i want to I want to get through to some Singapore stuff and then the other stuff. So. I will say in uh, in uh, Bilbao, Bilbao uh, yes. however you say it, I will say in the top eight, there was two Mew Genesect decks. There were three Palkia and Teleon, so Palkia doing much better in this event mm -hmm. compared to Baltimore. There was a Reggie in there mm -hmm. in that top five, so good for Reggie. And then Flying Pikachu staying alive as well in that top four getting fourth place yes flying pikachu vmax still around cool cool deck there was also stone journer at bill bell that made the top 20 so stone journer getting a little bit of love across the pond i yeah. will say and um not really though i will say charizard and Tellian, only two of them in the top 33 i believe if my quick math mm -hmm. is correct so you know, much different than the two in the top eight of Baltimore. But, Sean, let's let, let's spend a little bit more time sneak peek. We've talked yeah. about a couple of the decks in Lost Origin last week, some of the ones that we've seen. But there was an actual event in Singapore, a regional yeah. of Lost Origin. So, Sean, what deck do you want to talk about in here? Uh, there's a couple. I think... I think, you know, one that I think is useful is just quickly, very quickly looking mm -hmm. at the single prize deck uh, format. So technically it's not only single prize decks because there's three, you know, Pokemon Vs. But if you cross your fingers and hope you don't start one of them, you can definitely go with a single prize strategy. I will say that those <laughs> single prize Pokemon are more often than not not going to come into the game uh, compared those, yeah. to a lot of the single prizes that you see in here. Exactly. So this one takes advantage of that lost engine, the lost zone engine. Uh, you've got four comfies, which I'm going to say this now. It looks like the lost zone engine is going to be a very powerful tool in the next, at least for the next set. I don't know how long, but at least for one set. So if you can get your set, your play set of comfy sooner rather than later, I would highly recommend that because I believe is, is it a, is it a rare? Or is it an uncommon? It, it is, is a rare. A rare. So mm. it could become an expensive rare. Um, it's already trending at like $2 for 
for uh, TCG player. Yeah. So if you did pull any, if you find some, hold on to them if this is a style that you want to play. Anyways, you got Comfy. And then the main attackers, which we did talk about a little bit last week, which is Cramorant, which it lets you attack for free if you have a certain number of cards in the Lost Zone. Or, or more. Or more, yes, four or more. Or you have Sableye, which if you have 10 or more, you get to spread 12 damage counters for one energy. Both of which are you your... You get to spread uh, 12 damage counters if you have 10 or more cards in yes. the Lost Zone. And so both of those super powerful. You obviously have Raiding Greninja to draw through your deck a little bit. Uh, mm. You've got Snorlax to sort of prevent opposing Sableyes, I believe, and some other things. But in terms of the two prizers, they do have a couple of things in here. We have a Luminion here. Uh, just if you really need to find your probably Colrus experiment uh, in order to get more cards in the Lost Zone. You mm. do have one Drapion V, which is the Mew Killer. Right. If there is a Mew yes. VMAX on the field uh, with like a full bench, I believe Drapion attacks for free. Is it Only with darkness? Yes. Yes. Um, and it hits for exactly the amount to knock out a Mew VMAX. Well, it hits for way more than that. It's well, 190 yeah. base without the weakness. <laughs> so it can knock out a Genesect without weakness or it's, modifiers. It's stupid. It's a, it's a dumb dumb single card that kills a whole deck but fine i mean it has the possibility to yeah. kill a whole deck i don't know i don't know we say that it's the mew killer i don't know if it's that easy but it's it is good. a it's a helpful card in yeah, that matchup and then the weird one is one crabominable v which does a lot of damage based on the number of damage counters so this one is interesting i think if you are playing against a deck like maybe like a stone journer right or uh, one of those big mu v max decks that you don't really have the weakness set up with you can mm -hmm. do a little bit of setup damage with your cramorant maybe uh or spreading some damage around with that sableye and then come in a little bit later power the crabominable v up with your mirage gate and one water energy from hand and then you know do crazy damage out of nowhere Probominal is also very efficient in things like control matchups or stall matchups, mm. right? Because those games last a long time, and, you know, usually it's one person decks out the other first, but trigger Avalanche, you know, for one water energy, discard the top two cards of your opponent's deck. You can really accelerate those things, and even if, you know, it's against maybe a Mew deck, right? Mew draws really fast. Mew draws yeah. really, really strong, and... You know, more than likely, they got to take five, six knockouts to win a game. So if they draw super aggressively and you notice at the end of the game, you know, oh, they only have two cards left in their deck. Yeah. Slap that Crabominable down, get him in the active and boom, you've just won the game before they've taken the prize. So it's a good finisher Pokemon for a lot of decks that just draw super aggressively. Yeah, I love that. I love that call out, Jake. So anyways. Mm -hmm. Really cool preview. I think you're going to see a lot of this type of deck, this Cramorant, Sableye sort of combo-y deck. Oh, yeah. It is super popular. I think it's pretty good as well. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, we talked about it last week. If you want the starting list and whatnot, or go to Limitless to find the list that won this regional. Uh, a couple of other things. A Mew VMAX did make top eight at the Singapore mm -hmm. regional. 130 players for reference of size. 
I will say the the Mew VMAX was pretty much the one that we talked about. Um, this mm -hmm. Pokestop London variant. This one, though, a little bit different. Playing a Cheryl hmm, right, to heal off some of the damage. Playing a one of Cheryl, but also playing a one of Lost City in this list. So Ooh. the Pokemon that, you know, maybe Radiant Charizard, right? Maybe they were thinking of a Radiant Charizard deck. Putting that Lost City and taking that knockout on that Charizard and saying, bye-bye, see you later. Because if you don't know what Lost City is, if you didn't hear on our set review episode of the podcast, Lost City is a stadium whenever a Pokemon, either yours or your opponent's, is knocked out. Put that Pokemon in the Lost Zone instead of the discard pile. So, And with all discard all the attached cards. But you're getting that Pokemon in there to the point of no return. Yes, uh, you're absolutely right. Like When you have like a Radiant Pokemon, you can only have one of, and it's like, oh shoot my deck revolved around that um scoop <laughs> see you later yeah. uh bye bye uh have yeah. a good day um Ooh. so this i really think that this is what muse can do i think you're gonna see a lot of Mew players doing this mm -hmm. personally um because that's i mean that's super strong yeah even if it's something like an inteleon you're knocking out or like in RCS V Star or something like that, you know, Ordinary Rod is good in the format, you know, especially with those single prize decks. You know, the Sable Eyes, the Cramorants, right? They they're going to be good in. They're going to be those are going to be good decks, and so they're not playing four ofs, right? They're only playing twos. If you yeah. saw earlier, or um, if you're listening, I don't think you may have known, but we're telling you right now the Sable Eyes and Cramorants were two ofs in the deck so if you could just get rid of one of them you know maybe the other one's in the prizes or maybe it's just difficult to be able to ordinary rot it back in quick ball to go get it and then put it down you know that it takes more combos to make that um deck more effective and so i, I think i mean i think it's something that you might see as a tech in a lot of like multi-prize decks that are afraid of the one prize matchup of like radiant charizard yeah yeah it could be very very interesting um especially maybe like inteleon engine decks right like if uh um palkia right if palkia sticks to playing the inteleon engine you know because that's a trainer card it's really easy to get yeah no mm -hmm. i think lost lost city could be a really interesting card for people to play around with. i think you're right because yeah very few decks are playing the full four four line of anything so if all you need is to really like you don't need to win the game by taking all the prizes if you could win the game just by getting rid of their 2-2 two -two line. Yeah, I mean, if you do that, if you if you do that or get rid of the Radiant Charizard, yeah. like you could you pretty much win the game, right? In yeah. that matchup. So that's definitely uh spicy. That's spicy, Jake. It'll be <laughs> it, it's a it's it's a really cool tech card that I see. That's why it's cool to talk about this event yeah. too. Uh the other deck that I think people you know, I've been rumbling about this deck. I think you and I, when we talked about it, we were like, hey, this is just better Lapras V, Max. <laughs> um, and like, you know, you're seeing a bit of the fruits of that labor, which is Kiram V, Max being the new partner for Palkia. Um, mm -hmm. And for those of you who don't remember, we'll, we'll say it again. Kiram V, Max has the ability, once during your turn, you may discard the top card of your deck. And if that card is a water energy, attach it to one of your Pokemon. Doesn't tell you which. It's great. Any Pokemon. Yes. And so, like, you could attach it to itself or whatever, and you can use the Oranguru to stack your deck if you need. But the ability, the attack, Max Frost, you may discard any amount of water energy from this Pokemon. 
so it does have to be on him to do 50 more damage for each energy card you dis for each card you discard this way and it's a 120 plus so you discard three water energy which is the basic attack cost you're doing 270 you discard one more and you're doing 320 which is going to knock out effectively like almost any pokemon in the format except a 330 VMAX in response. Mm-hmm. Um, so you combo that with like the two prize math of Palkia with some rating, which Greninja. is already a strong Pokemon since people are filling their benches like crazy in these formats right now. So yep. You have to, uh, just another option. Yeah. It, you know, you got rating Greninja, you got that Drapion. You've even got <laughs> Empoleon V in here, which is there to be this annoying. I'm going to turn off your Inteleon engine kind of thing i'm gonna turn off your inteleon engine i hate all reggie decks yep yep so definitely a cool uh deck to consider um Mm -hmm. jake is there any other deck that you wanted to quickly talk about from singapore um not really because there is a garatina list but looking at the garatina list it's not anything super crazy from what we talked about the other week the only thing is the uh, Thornton, you know, choose a basic Pokemon in your discard pile and switch it with one of your basic Pokemon. Play any cards attached, damage counter, special condition, turns and play, and other effects remain on the new Pokemon. Basically, the Ninja Boy, mm-hmm. right? The old Ninja Boy. So, if you really want to see that list or, or hear us talk about, you know, the Garatina Lost Origin list, just listen to our previous episode um, talking about, you know, the new Lost Origin decks, because this is pretty much the same. There's a couple cards that are different, but not anything too crazy that changes the deck in itself. So, lots of really interesting results. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, and I think now, you know, with all of these tournaments sort of on the horizon, Jake, I think it's important that we talk about something. I, I, I mentioned this topic to Jake a little bit, and it made him a little squeamish. So I will preface all of that. But It's not my favorite thing to talk about. Yeah. But I think Baltimore Regional sort of, if you are on Twitter or in Verbank, you know a lot of the things that happened. But overall, I personally wanted to talk about some of the systemic issues that official events are facing. And, you know, I might not have the right answer for what Pokemon needs to do to fix it, but I do think they're problems that need to be considered and addressed in a clear manner by pokemon is what i'll say mm-hmm. uh, i'm being very vague but what you what we saw at um at baltimore there was two instances on stream of at a minimum misplays i'm not gonna assume necessarily anything off the top so uh, we're not the judge juries or executioners we are not the judge or, or we're just the messengers <laughs> but the first that i'm going to talk about which is the most likely i think to be just a misplay because I think anybody who's played the game long enough has had this happen to them. Uh, it is the two supporter uh, turn from uh, a Mew VMAX player. I'm just playing the video on silent here for those of you watching, but just to quickly describe it, um, the player here, he plays a Silene, uh, which lets you get two cards, I believe, or two items. You roll two dice, and for each heads, you get a card from your discard pile to put on the top of your deck. Yep. Uh, he rolls two tails and, you know, afterwards it's like, okay, well, that's, that's not great. He uses a Genesect ability, um, plays a tablet. Yeah. Plays a tablet before that. But 
not a lot happens. Shuffles up a little bit, you know. Just the a lot of thinking, you know, a lot of thinking happening. A lot of thinking, and then plays a boss. So, obviously, you know, this is one where, like, in a high-stress situation, especially with a Silene that got you nothing back, nothing really changed in your board state or your hand, um, mm. one can imagine, like, hey, that's something you can forget. Um, and the judges didn't catch this either. So, I think as a standalone incident, I would argue that, like, you let this go. But there have been a lot of games on stream where it might be one thing if the players don't catch, you know, a misplay like this. But if you have multiple judges at a table, the fact that it happens on stream, in my opinion, uh, as frequently as it does, is just odd to me. Uh, but that's, like, one issue. Like, I don't know what you can do to penalize anything or make adjustments after this game is played out because it's like you can't prove any sort of a level of intent. It's just an unfortunate thing that sometimes happens. Now I'm talking a lot, Jake, what do you, do you have anything? I mean, I mean, I, I'm not going to sit here and say that I've never accidentally played a second supporter in a game. Yeah. Um, it's, and I mean, on stream, high intense situation, you know, you're on a stream, you're on the top stage of the regional which is a thousand person event mm -hmm. you've got you're on a stream which is over 1500 people watching um you know as a player as an opponent as a judge like i'm sweating yeah. like it, it is nerve-wracking there is a lot going on and a lot to think about and you're trying to also win the game and so i get it and I'm, and I mean, like you said, you know, the only person that knows the intention is the player, you yeah. know, whether it was an accident, whether it was on purpose, I'm not here to be the judge jury executioner, but I will say I'm not a perfect human being. Yeah. That's what I'll say about that. So the second one is from a player who we've had on the pod before, uh, Isaiah Bradner. Uh, I will say from his time on the pod, wonderful human, love talking to him. Super, super kind, super smart. Um, so we are like probably many creators and other, you know, figures in the Pokemon community, uh, we are probably biased towards uh, uh, believing Isaiah just made a mistake or, you know, so I will, I will preface that, that bias exists, but yes, what happens here is uh, he plays in Irida, uh, which he got off of a Drizzile, looks through his deck. And then the two cards he chooses are a cross switcher and then a quick ball. Now, the strange thing about these two that he chose, I'm going to pause it there. The casters, which I think Chip was one of them, trainer Chip, um, immediately was like, well, oh, oh, he can't, he can't get those two cards. He has to get a water Pokemon with that. So let's see if they, if they catch this, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and I think also, if you could pause the video real quick. Yeah. Um, I think he's also like thinking about what he wants. And so in this situation before, you know, we really get into the nitty gritty of the problem, you know, he's, he's considering, you know, yeah. there, there are these two item cards that I'm considering getting. And so I'm thinking about if I want them or not anyways, continue. Yeah. And so like he grabs these two cards, it could honestly be a mistake. Some people, a lot of people pointed out he could have easily grabbed a drizzle, which would have been in the deck with the arena drizzle might have just been going too fast yeah and then like so his brain skipped a step and he didn't grab the drizzle and instead he grabbed the item he would have grabbed with the drizzle i think that is like perfectly logical right so the play continues he immediately uses the quick ball 
Um, and then Xander, though, what's interesting here, Xander actually asks, oh, wait, did I see something right? Like, what cards did you get with the arena? So Xander is explicitly asking about the last play that was made in the game, which is what cards did you get um, after Isaiah plays the quick ball he just grabbed. And he looks through the discard. And I think this is where, for me, the problem becomes maybe m more of a question of like, it may not have been t cheating to start with, but there may be a situation where a player might be covering up what they are concerned might lead to a prize penalty, right? Um, because that's a serious thing. Like, you know, if you get a prize penalty at this level of the game, you know, it could be the difference between you making day two or not. So Isaiah, when asked, chose the cross switcher that he did get and a Palkia V-Star that was already in his hand. Now, as, as we've said several times, we cannot know what was going through anyone's mind. Um, intent is essentially impossible to prove in many instances. But the number of game actions and time that have passed between the Irida and revealing the Palkia V-Star is like five seconds and one game action. And it's kind of the same situation. It's kind of, you know, the same situation as like the, the, um, the side, the double supporter that we talked about earlier, you know, it's yeah. just, there's not a lot of time that happens. And so people are, people are a little fishy about it. Yeah. And look, I don't think I'll give you my opinion. I am choosing, honestly, to believe that Isaiah did not mean to grab two item cards. I think he literally just, his brain skipped the Drizzile. I would not be surprised, though, if when challenged on this, the immediate belief was like, oh, well, if I get caught out on this, I'll get a prize penalty. That could have resulted in me losing this game, which was tied one-to-one -one late in the game. Um, and it may have been a slip of judgment to just show the one water Pokemon he did have in hand. That is a specific, like, my belief. The problem that I have that's systemic is, like, Xander clearly was, like, asking what the game state was. And the fact that still the, the casters on stream who knew that something had happened have no way of giving information to the judging panel, um, have no way of giving... At least immediately. Yeah, you know. You know even there could be a person, the, one of the stream directors or whatever, that runs to the table and be like, hey... Yep. Because, like, it's one of those instances where, like, I don't think it's appropriate for commentators to be backseat judges. I agree with that. Like, that, it's very complicated the day of. Commentators don't need to be worried about judging effectively. That's not their job. However, it's a very obvious mistake. And, like... And that de defeats a board state, right? Yeah. Like, some board states are repairable. Like, there's a certain point, especially if this game continues on, like... Yeah. 20 or 30 actions like there it, it becomes ir, like irreversible. Ir, it becomes yeah irreversible that's the word that i couldn't get out and look a lot of people would say you know why would isaiah do this on stream xander is a good friend of isaiah's um also they could argue like it does it wouldn't have mattered in this game there's only a couple minutes left and they're probably going to tie all of that is true but the broader problem is like this seems like such an easy thing to not have a problem about and it's just wild to me that there continue to be like i feel like every time there's a there's a big event there's at least one or two games on stream where something like this happens and there's just like no way for it to be fixed or judges and so like especially in a game where you have players like and i'm gonna call it a name here players like zach cooper who have been you know not just accused but like 
have been caught cheating on multiple occasions and are still allowed to compete competitively, which is a problem in the community. So you already have a situation where like this game tends to have a problem of like favoring top players, not punishing people appropriately for cheating. Like you might get into a scenario one day where people start to question the legitimacy or credibility of competitive play. And I don't think anybody I wants do that. know. I do know. I mean, I don't really have an opinion because like Sean said at the beginning, we have a lot of bias and I take bias into that account. So that's why I don't think that I can form a legitimate opinion, really. Um, but I know that uh, Diego Casiraga, I don't know how to say his last name, but very, very influential player from Argentina. One of the best players ever to play the Pokemon TCG especially in the modern America, but um, he tweeted that I think has a legitimate case of, you know, I saw the video of Isaiah. I'm sure it's an involuntary error. It's not a cheat. But if this was done by a player from Latin America, Brazil, for example, the posts and witch, hunch, witch hunts would be infinite, the double standards. Yeah, I, I fully agree. I think that, like, because Isaiah is both well-known and well-liked in the community, um a lot of the community does come to his defense. And I would say that, like, as a broad statement, I think people should be kind to people in general. So I don't want to discourage that kind of mentality. Well, I think it not but... only is that, but it's also, you know, the the judges. Yeah. And stuff, you know, yeah. I think it I think the first reach that it goes to is the is the community, but the the officiating as well. Um, but so I. I Anyways, like, look, what I want from I what I would want from Isaiah, like if it were me, you know, I'm sure Isaiah has heard about all of this. And I, you know, I would have loved Isaiah to just come out and be like it was a brain fart or whatever. But at this point, I think there's like he can't say anything at this point and not have people questioning him. So like he's it's a lose lose. I'm so. going to worry about my yeah. full time job <laughs> and not lose my health insurance. Yeah, fair. Um, but, but I will say that Pokemon needs to change up their events because I saw several issues mm -hmm. regarding um, playmats. They did not have enough playmats for everybody. They did not have enough Colrus regional promos. And also, in the $70 registration, 70, that's seven zero, right, to register and go 03 drop, you know. Yep. There was a perk for signing up and getting the stuff is you get a $20 um, I believe it was ultra an ultra pro. pro like ticket or something yeah, or pass. Like you got $20 off a of purchase of ultra pro or whatever it was at the event. Yeah. Instead of the $20 off, they gave like a 15% off discount, which I don't know the math, but you got to spend a chunk of money to get $20 off with 15% discount. So falsely advertising, yeah. right? The Pokemon company, I, we've said this on the podcast before. The Pokemon company using the small, the small indie company that is the Pokemon company using <laughs> these small organizers and 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 advert like you know they're advertising registration off a hundred hundred follower Twitter account. It's just yeah, I they that that was like it's not I, the best not the best regional to start off no. twenty twenty three. Like if, even if there was the most players ever at a modern regional, even if yeah. a really cool deck won, even if a young player oh. like Piper won. Yeah, like I'm just like speaking it, of which, 
shout out to the females in the game. You know, yeah, you I, got you got a huge win this weekend. Uh, but yeah, I will say, like, community. If I if I bought a seventy like a ticket, a registration, not even like a special ticket, just a normal registration, and I went there for seventy dollars, and I was like, hey, where's that awesome Giratina play mat? I'm so excited to get it. And they were like, yeah. oh, we just we don't have that. We have this other mat for you. I'd be like, excuse me. I'm pissed. I'm no. dropping. I'm carroting. Yeah, no, I mean, like, that's that's absurd. And, like, I get it. it's $70 on top of your, you know, yeah. whatever it is for a hotel, whatever it is for the food, whatever it is for your flight, gas, whatever. Yeah. Look, it's it's already super expensive to do this. The $70 is higher than it's ever been. So, like, yes, is the playmat alone going to make up for the cost? No, but it's, like, it's a bit of, like, a, a soothing oil, a balm, right? Of, like, well, at least you like, got a Sean, cool Sean, how much does it cost to make a playmat? Uh, well, if they're buying them in the bulk that they're buying them, it's probably going to be between eight to twelve dollars a mat. Yeah, it's not. Expensive. And I'm sure. And that's just buying the mat. That's not producing the mat. Yeah. Right? Which I'm sure is infinitely cheaper. It's like I mean, super cheap. The main thing for me is like, look, if I do get I, I was surprised that this regional was as soon as it was over Worlds. Because yeah, like I agree. They were like, oh, we're going to start the 2023 season. Here's the list. And the first regional is in like two and a half or three weeks or whatever. And it was like, that's pretty wild. So it may have been that there genuinely was not enough time to print the volume of that mat that they needed. It may have been the case. However, that does not excuse you not taking people's information and sending them a mat after the fact. No, like, so I work. I basically do event management for a living, right? That's like part of my job. Mm -hmm. That's part of my full-time job. We have had events where we've had to move to another location, whether that be um, weather, whether that be construction, things like that. Even if it's like a last second move, you have to be prepared for it. Like yeah. it's, it's frustrating to hear about, especially when my job is stuff like that. Like it's, it's so frustrating to hear that they didn't have enough mats or they yeah. it would be different if they said like events while supplies last. I mean, right. And then I wouldn't be mad. They did have that at the bottom while supplies last. However, however, I, I that is like legalese nonsense. When people sign it's up, still, they expect to get these things. Yeah. I mean, it's not like they're advertising the first 700, people no. to check in to the event no so jake that was a lot of like debbie downer stuff but you know what's that super was a exciting? lot of bad so i'm gonna talk about a lot of good <laughs> right here if you leave a comment on our youtube video so i opened up a lost origin box uh recently and to be honest like with my job you know i barely have time to do the podcast i don't have time to play ptcgo so i thought why not give 36 lost origin codes the people in chat so leave a youtube comment and while supplies last <laughs> i'll give you a code we're um, not charging you 70 dollars for this code here, i'm not so. going to charge you 70 dollars, and i only have 36 so if you're one of the first 36 people that comment a youtube video i'll figure out a way to get you a code i'll do it yeah. random you know i don't know if i'll give you a white code or a green code or whatever but use it to trade use it to open like all that stuff if you're if you're coming over from youtube subscribe to the youtube anyways yeah thanks for listening to the podcast that revolves around the evolving meta whether it's for the bad the good or the ugly i said that in a different <laughs> order anyways i'm really tired i gotta go to bed it's my birthday have a great rest Wait, of the day what? <laughs> yeah oh happy birthday 
Jesus, I didn't know. All right. Birthday pod. Bye. Bye. <laughs>